Welcome to Your Place at the Table, a podcast for women who are ready to take their place and make important contributions in their lives. Co-hosted by sisters Jamie Adams and Jody Stewart, we'll identify assumptions that inadvertently keep us stuck, dig into eternal truths, and explore and develop effective skills. As we learn and grow together, we will become more articulate, more creative, more courageous, and more empowered by our Heavenly Parents to do what can only be done through the strength of their daughters. So pull up your chair and let's get started. Well, hello, everyone. This is Your Place at the Table podcast. I'm Jody, and I'm here with my sister, Jamie. Hello, friends. And we're your hosts. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We want you to know that we're dedicated to supporting you as a female member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, especially when you find that you haven't taken your proper place at the table and fully contributed in your family, your ward, and your community. We focus here on identifying assumptions that keep us stuck, highlighting truths that support our growth, and exploring effective skills. And all of this we do to support us in becoming more articulate, more creative, more courageous, and especially more empowered by our Heavenly Parents to do what can only be done through the strength of their daughters. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. You're all in the right place, and we're so glad you're here. So pull up your chair, and let's get going. Yeah, it's so nice to be back with everyone. We've been doing some changing and readjusting the way we look at our podcast. And um, we decided we wanted to talk about and be able to really discuss some ideas related particularly to influence. And so... As this was coming together, we started realizing there was just way too much for one episode. And so we decided to split it and focus that split on kind of down the line of the difference in being influenced, in influencing other people, and in being influenced ourselves. You know, we talked a lot last time about about being influential, what that can look like how we can make sure that it's the right kind of influence and that as we are very purposeful in creating personal influence, that we start with our personal way of being and strengthening our relationships and that that will naturally, as a matter of course, extend, which I have found to be true. So today, we're going to switch over a little bit more to focusing on what it means to allow others to influence us and to not get caught up in this somehow dichotomy that when when we have arrived and when we have a fullness of the Spirit, then we are just influential outbound. There is a give and take process with influence. There is a receiving of influence and, and particularly an active focus on the humanity and realness of the other people with whom we come in contact. So we're going to break that down a little bit today and get into more detail about what that looks like to allow others to influence us. So we're going to start actually with a story from my life, Jody here. And this is an experience that I had where I was thinking that I was being influential and that that was the important role for me to play. 
and it actually turned, it just kind of twisted around the other way a little bit and turned out better, better than I could have supposed it could ever go. That was dumb. Say how you want, but it wasn't dumb. It just turned out better than I ever could have imagined. And so this goes back a few years when my son was uh, 13 years old. And this child of mine is just a unique person. He sees the world in a way that is very different. And that's always been the case for us in our relationship between each other and just as a child in in our home amongst his siblings. He is very unique. And so it often looked like butting heads and totally missing each other entirely, not understanding explanations or instructions, or we just kind of have this kind of kind of baggage in our history. So around the age of 13, church, all things church, just stopped really making sense to him anymore. And what I saw was that his behavior, his resistance to doing all the things that we'd always done, I saw that that needed correcting. He wasn't interested in going to church. He wasn't interested in going to seminary when the time came. He didn't want to participate in family prayer or family home evening or or be a part of any gospel-related discussion in our home. And this was just terribly troubling to me, to see it evolve and see it growing and not going, not dissipating, which is what I had hoped would happen. It felt to me that he was resistant to light. And I carried in me a really strong belief that if I got him in the right place at the right time, then he would be influenced by the Spirit and he would be able to happily continue down the path that I had all mapped out for him in my head. But we had this one, there is this one particular moment. Uh, It was on a Sunday and we were all at church and he was attending church with our family at that time. I want to say by now he was 16 years old. He was willing to come to church because we asked him to come with us. And this day we're all sitting in the pew waiting for the meeting to start. And I just peek down the row and see him. And in that moment, I perceive through the Spirit that he was feeling coerced. He wasn't feeling invited to participate in something wonderful, which was at the core of my intention. But the way things had gone, it just became more of, this is what I have to do because it's required. And that that recognition just sat in me for the rest of the meeting and, I, and really, really troubled me. So Jeff and I counseled together after church that day and... And we took Riley on a walk, and we took our son on a walk later on that afternoon and just basically said to him that it's really important that he be able to make decisions about church and the gospel in his life. He needs to be able to choose that for himself and not just have us decide for him how it's going to look, especially because in a few years he'll be leaving our home and and he will be taking with him what he wants and leaving what he wants. Now, at that time, 
I knew, and even now as I tell this story, I know that it was the right thing to do, to say to him, you need to be able to choose. And, you know, that's all in line with what we believe about the laws of agency and how I believe that Heavenly Father interacts with us. He lets us choose what path we want to take. But I wasn't prepared for what happened, having followed that influence from the Spirit. He was so relieved. And so he immediately just stopped attending church and stopped participating in in any religious-based family activities or discussions that took place in our home. It just ended right away. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it still is because it's because we don't see how everything's going to play out yet. But the ironic thing here is that after this discussion and after he felt free and supported in making decisions that differentiated from Jeff's and my decisions for our life, he was happier. He was happier in our home. He was more free in his interactions with us. He felt seen and heard. And so the irony here is that what actually happened was God got me in the right place at the right time so that I could be influenced by the Spirit and that I could take the important steps to help my son proceed on the path that he needed to take. And, well, and this happened long enough ago that enough time has passed that since then we've been able to establish with him that he can count on our support and love even though he's making different choices. And we've been able to work hard to maintain a good relationship with him so that years later when he needed guidance and he was feeling overwhelmed by life pressures, he was still willing to come back to us and counsel with us. And so at this point, in some ways, we, we still are able to be a little bit of an influence. So the whole point of this story is just to illustrate how vital it is that we take the time and how vital it is that we make the effort to let others be real so that their humanity, their reality can influence us and the way that we see them and treat them because that will affect the way they see us and treat us as well and their willingness to be influenced by us. Oh, Jody, thank you, first of all, for sharing such a personal and tender story. There are so many ways that that could have gone, not the least of which is the continual grip control of him throughout Mm -hmm. the most difficult times of his late teenagehood to where he could be completely separated from you now. And that is not the case. Well, and we were headed down that road, which is maybe why I was I was able to see so clearly in that moment. Because we were like none of that came naturally. <laughs> which is crazy because I think to a great extent the majority of us as mothers believe that we see our children as people, that we see their humanity. But 
I have just noticed that there are often times when my motherhood can get in the way of me allowing them to be who they are and to to have their path because I'm so invested in who they are becoming or you know what I think I see down the road that uh yeah that it's it's just more of a challenge to to allow the influence which is just so vital well it is a really i think wonderful example of this interplay between being influential and being able being open to the influence of others you know influencing others is it can be successful when when our personal way of being allows them to be real you know when they have perceptions that matter even though they're not in line with ours and in this case i just i love how the ending is in knowing you and knowing your son and knowing the place he is in his life and the need he has now a couple years after making this decision where he's starting to say whoa real life is different than what i thought and i need help and support and he is still safe and comfortable coming back to you for that. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. And you still have your, so here you are because you allowed yourself to be influenced by him. You're still in a position to be influential. Yeah. Yeah. Just so grateful that, that the Lord was, you know, patient with me and all my earnest efforts to be the influencer <laughs> at that time. Yeah. yeah. As is with us all. Yeah. As he is with us all. Yeah. This takes us to kind of a, some scriptural and anecdotal examples of this type of, of influence and how, how others have allowed influence to come from other people. And one thing, and we've referred to this several times, but we're going to do it again, and that's Elder Uchtdorf's talk on Lord Is It I. He shares this story of the Savior's final night in mortality. He's breaking bread with the disciples, and he says something that must have filled their hearts with great alarm and deep sadness. And those are Elder Uchtdorf's words. He says, and he quotes the scripture, and this, the Savior is saying, one of you shall betray me. And he notes that the disciples didn't question the truth of what he said. You know, they didn't look around or point to someone else or ask, is it him? They were exceedingly sorrowful. And began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he says, these words, you know, in it, Lord, is it I, lie the beginning of wisdom and the pathway to lasting change. I think that's an important thing to underscore. I'm going to go off on a bit of a tangent here for just a moment. You know, this podcast is done for primarily for women, but for people in any situation who are struggling with speaking up or taking their place, you know, with clarity and conviction and knowing who they are and and the, how they want to show up. And you would think, you know, why aren't we talking about things like how to be assertive? Why aren't we talking about things like how can we persuade? Because we want for those times when it when it matters how we show up at the table that these are the types of things that make a difference so when he says that even asking lord is it i lie, therein lies the beginning of wisdom if we want to be able to show up at the table with wisdom that our purpose there is real and authentic 
and that our words and our intentions are clear and not ego-based or overly forceful. There's just so much in these small ways of seeing ourselves and interacting with others that will make those table opportunities exponentially more powerful. And Jamie, this goes directly back to what we talked about in the previous episode, which is the pyramid of influence. And that when we ask the question, Lord, is it I, we are returning to the foundation and we are looking at our personal way of being, that that is primarily where we will find the answer that will allow us to move toward teaching and correcting if it becomes necessary. It's true. It's true. It's how it's worked for me, for sure. Okay, so let's go back to this idea that a large part of being an influential person is allowing ourselves to be influenced as well. Now, when we say that we allow ourselves to be influenced, and in Jody's story, you can see this, the influence comes from the humanity of the person. Now, it doesn't suggest that we allow others to influence us to make poor choices or to start being, uh, you know, smaller versions of ourselves. But again, we, we allow their humanity, that they are real people with real hopes, with genuine desires to be heard and understood. We start approaching each interaction on that level. It is, we start doing that, other areas of influence naturally expand. And I don't know if any of you have ever had the experience where you feel that someone is trying to influence you, (laughs) but not allowing you to then influence them in return. Mm -hmm. You know, we have words for that. We do say that's bossiness or pushiness, uh, overbearing, but it's this dynamic of, well, my influence is just and righteous and important for you. And your influence can be ignored because I am the influential party. Mm-hmm. But it is very much a two-way mm-hmm. experience if it's going to go well. I agree. Well, and another important thing to consider is that any time there is a power differential, which means that we are in a position of leadership or stewardship over somebody else at home, at work, at church. These people in our lives, we need to be especially careful to communicate our willingness to be influenced by people who feel like they are in a one-down position. So if we go back to the story of me and my son, it was especially important to him at that time to see that even though I'm the mom and in most areas I have more freedom and more responsibility and more, you know, control over things than he does, it is vital for him to see and hear that he's being taken seriously. And so the responsibility falls on us when we are in a position of leadership to lead with clarity and openness toward other people and the perspectives that they bring and the ideas and the feelings. Yes. So we lead with the intention of being influenced by others as well. Yeah, that's 
That's excellent, Jody. That's excellent. And there, in fact, are some other places in the scriptures where the Savior shows this. You want to share that with us, Jode? Yeah. So I love this story about blind Bartimaeus in Mark 10, starting in verse 46. And Jesus and many followers came to Jericho, a great number of people, and they passed through. Uh, blind Bartimaeus sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth that was passing by, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. They're like, oh, it's just that blind Bartimaeus. We know him. He's from here. He's always trying to get someone to help him out or begging or, you know, trying to get a hand out. And his response, he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And here in verse 49 is the beautiful response. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? He just starts off by saying, What is it that you're looking for? Tell me. The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. I mean, the consequences that followed of Jesus being willing to hear him calling from the roadside and then asking him what was in his heart, what he desired. That just made all the difference. And this is specifically somebody who couldn't help himself. Well, sometimes when we look in our community or we see someone who's behaving in ways that we consider wrong or we don't like it, it is the first and most efficacious thing to just correct behavior. And Jesus could have corrected, you know. It's yeah, not appropriate it to interrupt, <laughs> you know? Oh, jeez. You know, I mean, there's just, there's so much he could say about yeah. this, you know? Hey, mm-hmm. you've been crying wolf for too long, you know, you, all the reasons. But he didn't. You know, in this instance, Jesus allowed himself to be influenced by Bartimaeus, and he took the time to get to the heart of what Bartimaeus desired was to receive sight, something that was in Jesus's power to give. Hmm. You know, there are a couple roadblocks I think it's important to touch on briefly that can stop our flow of our influence and our, our ability to recognize the influence of others. One of those is the need to be right rather than to do the right thing. You know, this can really destroy our ability to be influenced by others. And I'm going to just share a quick quote by the Arbinger Institute that hits this nail really on the head. The more sure I am that I'm right, the more likely I will actually be mistaken. My need to be right makes it more likely that I will be wrong. Likewise, the more sure I am that I am mistreated, the more likely I am to miss ways that I am mistreating others myself. My need for justification obscures the truth. And this is an important thing to just consider here. We want to influence 
We want to be open toward others. And that's just a really great one for me. How much do I need to be right here? Because if I really need to be right, there is a greater chance that I might be wrong. Yeah, that really kind of puts it in perspective, doesn't it? Okay, so another roadblock to a nice even flow of influence in our relationships is this interesting belief that is a common myth in church culture that we can know through the Spirit without asking. Now, that's not to say that the Spirit can make things known to us that we don't ask about. That is very much the case. But I want to just point out the example that President Nelson set in his first talk to the church body as the president of the church. And in that talk, he said, good revelation is based on good information. And that when he was calling members of the 12 apostles to be in his first presidency, he sat with them and counseled with them and talked with them so that he could make a good decision. And I find that there is a tendency to shy away from that, from getting into conversation with people and asking good questions and finding out where they're coming from and what their perspective is based on the belief that the Spirit will just let us know. So we can do the work here to support good revelation by asking good questions, tuning in, hearing where somebody else is coming from, and letting that be a really informative part of the process. Oh, that's excellent, Jody, And that's great because it kind of brings us then to the third thing. So the first, the first roadblock is the need to be right. The second is assuming that we can know things without asking. And the third, and this one I think is particularly susceptible for women in the Church of Jesus Christ, and that is an tendency to take this Lord is it I question to the extreme, becoming overly accountable, overly guilty, unable to let go of failures. And the question instead becomes more of, Lord, is it probably always I? Yeah. Yeah. Just an assumption that, well, it, here we go. It's me again. <laughs> yeah. So just because something goes wrong does not mean we're at fault. And that the looking inside ourselves is, is a means of not objectifying the other people at our table. But just because something goes wrong doesn't mean we are at fault. The looking inside ourselves is a means of not objectifying the other people at our table. This is just the way that we keep ourselves tethered mm. to everyone's humanity in the moment. Not, Lord, am I at fault? Am I to blame? Yeah, I love that distinction. And that is really important so that we don't, at that point, derail the possibility of growth and expansion because we're hung up with guilt and shame and self-depreciation. Right. Well, and it comes from shame, right? And shame thrives in secrecy. And if you start to think, you know, it's me again, and you feel yourself starting to plummet inside, the best way out of that is to bring it into the light and share it with someone you can trust. 
you know, I, gosh, I just feel like this is all because of me and, and all these poor choices I've made. And now my life is this way. Bring it out, bring it out of, of the shame dark corner so that it doesn't have to grow. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. And as you were saying it, like I got a very distinct thought about an area in my life where I'm kind of holding on to stuff and I'm a bit stuck because I'm just keeping some of that in the dark. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to bring it into the light so that I can like learn and grow from it. <laughs> okay, so that kind of wraps up this episode for us on being influenced by others. And friends, we definitely hope that as you've been listening, you have thought about a relationship that you're in and that might need a tweak in your influence or your willingness to be influenced. And we hope that you've gotten some information, some insight that will help you move along your path as well and learn and grow from the experiences that are yours right now. So thank you so much for joining us. We're glad you've been here. We hope you like what you're hearing on the podcast and we hope you've already subscribed so you can be notified when we post a new episode, which now is going to be weekly. We're definitely happy to be on that track. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, any place you get your podcasts. You can also subscribe at our website, yourplaceatthetable.net. And be sure that you're sharing us with friends and connecting with us on Instagram or Facebook or through our Gmail, yourplaceatthetablepodcast at gmail.com. So good luck this week. We're looking forward to next time and hope you'll be back here with us. Bye-bye. Bye.